You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Hello, I'm Willie George. I want to welcome you to this edition of the Faith Roots Podcast, and I hope that you will subscribe to our YouTube channel, and then I hope you'll also hit that little thumbs up button that helps put us before more people. So if you will do that, I would appreciate it. And then tell somebody about this podcast. Share it with somebody, and uh, if if you don't know, ask God to, to give you someone that you can share this with, because we'll bless them. I promise you we will. We're talking about special guidance from the Holy Spirit, and we're talking about visions today. We talked about dreams the last couple of days. Now we're going to talk about visions. Visions of the Holy Spirit are of extreme importance, even though they do not occur frequently. And the reason is because visions foretell an extremely important thing or ministry And uh, you can see how they moved the kingdom of God forward. They were critical when they did happen. I want to read to you a couple of visions here in the the book of Acts, chapter 9. Story goes that uh, Saul of Tarsus was going to Damascus to persecute the church that was there. He had every intention of bringing back any Jewish man or woman who had faith in Jesus. He was going to have them brought back, put into prison in Jerusalem. And in verse 3, the scripture says, As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground, and a voice said to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It's hard for you to kick against the goads. In other words, his conscience was bothering him, and that had been the case since the stoning of Stephen. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise, go into the city, and it will be told what you must do. So this vision arrested Paul, stopped him from his mission of persecuting the church, Uh, The Bible says the men who journeyed with him stood speechless. They heard a voice, but they saw no one. But Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But then they led him by the hand. They brought him into Damascus. He was there three days without sight, and he neither ate nor drank. So he's just waiting on uh, what is supposed to happen. Now God works through another vision. Now there was a certain disciple, Acts 9.10, at Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight. Inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. And in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, 
and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way, and he entered his house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately, of course, Paul was uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, received his sight, but God confirmed it. Now, these two visions moved the kingdom forward. They were critical. And this, uh, what God was going to do through Paul would wind up being equal to the ministry of all the other 12 apostles put together. He said later, I had labored more abundantly than them all. And there's no doubt that his ministry had an incredible impact on the Roman world. And so these visions were very, very significant, very important. So when visions come, they don't come about what kind of a new car you're going to get or uh, you know, what house you're going to live in. They come uh, a real vision, an open vision like these were. And we'll talk about the difference between an inward vision and open vision. Uh, an open vision like this, it's of huge importance. It's very strategic. These are not things that happen all the time. I know a lot of people see things spiritually and they call anything that they see in their imagination, they call that a vision. That's not what a vision is. A vision is seeing something very clear that is orchestrated by God. It can be when your eyes are closed or it can be called an open vision, which is what Paul had with his eyes open. He saw the Lord and the light was blinding and so so bright that he couldn't see. Uh, actually, uh, and when he did open his eyes, uh, there were scales on his eyes. So these visions were clear. They were intelligent. They made perfect sense. They could be confirmed in Acts 10. We read about Peter having a vision about the Gentiles receiving the gospel and then the Lord told him, there are three men looking for you. Go down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I've sent them. So Peter goes down the stairs, and sure enough, the three guys are there. And so he knows this is God. God did this. So visions are very clear. They're intelligent. They make perfect sense. They can be confirmed. And uh, the information that comes to them and through them is corroborative, meaning that it 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 it, it works with someone else. And so when uh, uh, Saul went to the house of Judas and was praying, Ananias comes and corroborates everything that had happened on the road to Damascus. Now, what this shows me is that God always works on both ends, and when any time that the plan of God involves someone else. And how many times have I run into a young man who said, I'm believing for her to marry me. She didn't want to do it. Well, that's okay. It's God's will. No, it's not. When God's in something, He works on both ends. Well, we're supposed to go into business together, me and that guy. Does he want to do it? No, he doesn't want to do it. But I'm waiting because God wants him to do it. No, if he is supposed to do it, he will know that. God always works on both ends. Get that through your head. You wanting people to do things that they don't want to do, that's witchcraft. And so what you've got to learn is that when God gives you a true leading of the Holy Spirit, whether it comes a dream, a vision, a word, any other revelation, He always works on both ends when it involves another person. Here, look at this one in Exodus chapter 4, verse 14. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses because Moses did not want to go talk to Pharaoh. He was really bashful about this. And the Lord said, Is not 
about Aaron the Levite, your brother? I know that he can speak well. And look, he is also coming out to meet you. When he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. So God says, look, I will let Aaron be the talker. You're going to be the one who goes and sends and, and, and tells Pharaoh uh, what he's supposed to do, but you're going to do it through Aaron. And the Lord said to Aaron, go to the wilderness to meet Moses. And as Moses was preparing to go to the wilderness, right there at the mountain of God, uh, Aaron shows up and he's ready to meet him. So when God gives someone guidance concerning another person, especially through a vision, he speaks to that person as well. Years ago, uh, God spoke to me uh, about giving away the money that we had coming from the sale of our house in Texas. This is back 1978 when we moved to Tulsa. And we were going to wind up with uh, what profit we made and the equity we had with about $5,000, somewhere close to that. And so the Lord uh, told me, I want you to give that away. Well, I immediately said to the Lord, Lord, look, that's not my money alone. And the reason we had that money is because my wife's grandmother gave us the money to buy the house that we had in, in, in Texas. And if I just haul off and give this money away and my wife doesn't get a chance to weigh in on it, uh, it's not right. Uh, Lord, this is hers too. And so I will do what you want me to do. And I will take the lead in this, but you also are going to have to talk to her. And I'm going to wait for the season till you put it in my heart to tell me that it's time to go. So I started praying, and about three days later, God released me and said, go talk to her. So I took the leave aside, and I said, baby, God has spoken to my heart about something. And I said, it's a big deal, and, and it's a very serious deal, and it's sacrifice, and it involves you. And she starts crying, and she's nodding her head yes. And I said, God told me, and she said, I know. To give away the money on the house, she said, I know. He told me that too. I thought, whoa, God, I'm so glad you talked to her. But the, why wouldn't he? God has great respect for the relationships that he's in. Listen, if you don't respect other people, you're showing that God doesn't respect you. God respects the people with whom he's in relationship. And so uh, that's how God asked me to operate, and he led me to operate that. Both of us heard from the Lord about giving away that equity. Now, we still got our house. God blessed us with a house sooner and better than what we could have had otherwise, and we've been blessed with homes ever since. Now, you will never be pushed by God to surrender to another person against your will. God doesn't push you to do those things. So visions always are ethical, and they always are fair, and as spectacular as they are, they still must be judged by the Scriptures. Now listen to this one. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14. This is the Apostle Paul. He said, And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Listen to what Paul said in Galatians 1.8. But even if we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. Paul said, even if I came back to you and I said an angel talked to me and told you to preach a different gospel, he said, let that person who comes to you preaching a different gospel be accursed, even if it's me. So what is he saying? He's saying that every leading, every manifestation, every dream, every vision, everything that we say is a word from the Holy Spirit it still has to be judged in the light of Scripture. 
And when you exalt something above the written word, you have created an idol, and idols do nothing but steal and kill and destroy. You don't want an idol in your life. So God expects us to judge even those things that may seem spectacular or out of the ordinary. We still have to examine them in the of the Word. Well, that's all the time I have for today, but we're not done. We'll pick this up tomorrow. See you then. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.